0: This is Frank Dominguez for the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast, and this time we're looking ahead to the season opening production for Piedmont Opera in Winston-Salem. It's Donizetti's Maria Stuarda, known in English as Mary Queen of Scots, and it performs at the Stevens Center on Friday, October 18th at 8 p.m., with other performances on Sunday the 20th at 2 p.m. and Tuesday the 22nd at 7.30 p.m. It's a pleasure to welcome the conductor, general director, and artistic director of the company, James Britton. Jamie, welcome back to WDAV.
1: Thanks, Frank. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Let's begin by talking about the opera that opens the season. Familiar names like Donizetti the composer and the title character Mary Queen of Scots, but not an opera you see often on the season schedules of American opera companies. Any theories about why that is?
1: Well, uh, I in my opinion, I think there are lots of reasons. you know they, a lot of people talk about the Tudor trilogy uh, of Donizetti's and I, I just think that it's kind of gotten, all of those operas, they've gotten special treatment. They need very specific singers. Uh, we all know about, actually, my my teacher, Nicola Rossi-Lameni, sang uh, Henry to Maria Collis's Anna Bolena back in the big revival um, at La Scala in the 50s. So they kind of fell out of, of favor a little bit and slowly but surely are working their way back into uh, the repertory. Now, in the case of... Maria Stuarda, particularly, uh, she got lost a hundred percent. When Donizetti had the premiere, uh, there was a big kerfluffle uh, right towards the premiere, and he had to change the plot completely within five days of the opening. Uh, he changed it from this Tudor tragedy to a story about Florentine, uh, a Florentine man who jilted the woman he was to marry and it started a war. And yet they still had to play it in front of the Elizabethan sets with the Elizabethan costumes. It was ridiculous. And Donizetti kind of turned his back on Mary Stewart, came back to it a few years later at La Scala. But it just, it, it was like, I'm done with this. I got to move on. And uh, it was only in the 90s that a critical edition of Mary Stewart came out that really sort of cleared all the cobwebs, straightened out all the nonsense, and brought this really great opera to the forefront. Now, having said that, you might be familiar with uh, uh, Beverly Sills's recordings. She sang all of the queens in the Tudor trilogy of Donizetti in the, what was it, 70s probably? And, of course, Joan Sutherland sang them all. The English mezzo-soprano Janet Baker took Mary Stewart as her uh, swan song, and it was a beautiful production in English. Uh, that's one of the the issues with the piece, too, is who sings Mary, who sings uh, Elizabeth. So there are lots of reasons why she's kind of gotten lost, but I feel like she's making a huge comeback uh, she was part of the Met & HD series uh, several seasons ago with Joyce DiDonato, popular enough that she's finishing this year's Met & HD series. Uh, Mary Stewart is the last opera live from the Met & HD this season. And I figure for Mary Stewart to have made it to the Met in HD twice in two three years, she's making a comeback.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, she has arrived. Well, tell us about your production. Who have you got uh, singing in it, and uh, what should the audience be uh, especially looking forward to?
1: You know, I'll tell you first, Frank, why I picked it, because everybody's sort of looking at me going, Piedmont Opera's doing Mary Stewart, huh? Hmm, it's pretty nervy of you, don't you think? When I was planning this season, it was right at the same time that we were watching the midterm elections close up, and so much was ringing in the news about this historic election where we had brought a record number of women to the House of Representatives, and I was looking at some of the operas I was considering, 19th century Italian operas, and thought, is it the right time to bring operas about women who are usually manipulated by lovers or brothers or fathers. And the only way these women can gain their agency is by either losing their minds or killing themselves. And I thought, I got to change gears here. And the first opera that came to mind was this opera. Unlike many of an Italian opera, the love interest is way secondary. And to see two strong, not one, but two strong women, and who cares what the men think? <laughs> now, they all put their they have an influence, particularly on Elizabeth. But um, I just thought it was the right time. And it's, it's interesting. We've had a really strong, uh, so far, we've had a really strong response in terms of our audience, uh, to this title. And I, I kind of think, I just didn't want to put the wrong piece up. I thought if I put one of these other things up a little bit, I'm going to be listening with a tin ear. And I'm not sure that's the, the best choice right now.
0: It seems to me your answer sort of addresses uh, uh, indirectly the question of, uh, why it's not uh, as popular as some of the other
1: operas? Agreed. The time
0: wasn't right for it, and now the time is.
1: I agree completely. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. I have a great cast for uh, Mary Stewart. I'm I'm thrilled to bring back last season's uh, Donizetti heroine. Uh, Jody Burns sang the lead in Elixir of Love. She was our Adina and was did an absolutely beautiful job, and she'll be returning as uh, Mary Stewart. And likewise from last season, uh, Yulia Lysenko, she was a wonderful mimi last year. She's a Ukrainian soprano whose career is just opening up here in the States. And she's taken on the role of Elizabeth. And I'm just thrilled that, I mean, the two of them on stage, whew, I mean, you know, we're going to have to have some fire extinguishers close. It's going to be a it's going to be a show. And I'm also proud to say, as I'm sitting here at WDAV, that uh, Davidson's own Dan Boy will be returning to play uh, Elizabeth's minister, uh, Cecil, who demands of Elizabeth that she do something with this woman, this Mary Stewart, and and ultimately brings the writ to her to sign to have her beheaded. But Dan's a nice guy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, tell me about the music in it, because uh, Donizetti is known for a certain style of opera, and you can speak about that more eloquently than I can. Uh, Is that what listeners should expect and and, uh, opera goers should expect?
1: You know, I think that's one of the things I admire about this opera so much. And I think that's why it's making its way back into the repertory. Uh, Donizetti is representative of the Bel Canto era. A lot of people don't, not listeners, but performers, conductors, people that produce opera, they they shy away from bel canto because it's, it's in their uh, uh, estimation, dull perhaps. Bel canto is really hard to pull off well. Uh, Bel canto composers, when they're good, they write you music that leaves you clues as to the direction the drama should go, and then say, now, bring together a sterling cast that can interpret this and bring it to life. So there's, the success of the opera is as much on the performers as it is on the composer, which later on in opera history, and certainly now, that's not necessarily the case. Of course, you always want to have great singers and great performers, but Composers have locked things in a little bit more so that the the singer's interpretation isn't as uh, important. Uh, I think Donizetti makes a very clear roadmap in this piece, and it's a compelling one. As I study the history of this Elizabethan era in preparation for the production, it is startling to me how clear and precise and accurate... Donizetti's roadmap is uh, taking history into consideration, and there is no way he knew all of that in the, you know, month or so it took him to write this piece. He just has an insight into the human condition, I think, and I really find this piece to be uh, very tightly written. Uh, his choices, both harmonically and rhythmically and structurally, really support a very gripping drama. Uh, the 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 most famous moment in this opera is the first act finale. It's an event that he borrowed his librettist borrowed from the Schiller play Mary Stuart. The two ladies never met in real life, but in the first act finale they meet. It's a big. I mean it's a it's a good scene. <laughs> and that's just the first act finale. <laughs> See that's what I love about this opera is that you have the thrill of that the dialogue between the two queens and then at the end of the second act as Mary goes to uh the headsman her supporters are standing uh outside waiting for her and she leads them all in this beautiful beautiful prayer. Uh, it's just a simple E-flat major scale, but what Donizetti can manage to do with it and in the hands of a beautiful singer. So at the end of the first act, you're just on the edge of your seat watching this this confrontation between these two ladies. And at the end of the opera, you're walking out of the theater drying your eyes from the beauty of this moment. So it's, it's really something just, I mean, doesn't matter what kind of opera library you are, it's there.
0: And it's a good argument for uh, the value of dramatic license in uh, telling these historical stories. Cause oh, absolutely. It makes a lot more uh, entertaining an evening if you can see that confrontation than if you stick to history and they never really met. <laughs>
1: well, you know, what's interesting is Schiller was the first, Donizetti borrowed it. Uh, it, In almost every film that has been made and every play that has been written since, they always have a confrontation. Last November, the latest Mary Queen of Scots film came out, which was another compelling reason to take a look at the opera. And as I went to see it, the movie's going on, the movie's going on, and I thought, oh, they're not going to meet. And then right at the end of the movie, they do. And I thought, okay, everybody has to do it. Schiller, Schiller's a good guy.
0: My guest has been James Allbritton, General and Artistic Director of Piedmont Opera in Winston-Salem, which is set to open another season on Friday, October 18th at 8 p.m. at the Stevens Center with Donizetti's Maria Stuarda. There's a link with more details about the performances and the season at the Piedmont Arts page. And for the WDAV Piedmont Arts Podcast, I'm Frank Dominguez. Jamie, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Frank.